Welcome to the Unmasked Life Podcast, a podcast to help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential. And now your host, Matt Manny. Hey, this is Matt Manny. Welcome to the Unmasked Life Podcast. We are going to change it up. You're not supposed to change it up. That breaks all the podcasting rules. But hey, we are in the wild, wild west with podcasting where you can kind of do whatever you want to. And so if you uh, if you notice, we've taken just a little bit of a break. I went into a pretty fairly heavy writing season because we uh, had a, a something called the pandemic, which was totally unprecedented. And so uh, I'm going to change it up and jump into the next uh, length of episodes are going to be all pulled from... Uh, some devotional material that I've written in kind of the in-between time. And this is really specifically geared toward helping uh, helping out the church, Greater Philly Church. Uh, for our folks, we're going into a series called 40 Days of Faith. And so we have a devotional and study guide. And so for folks that want to go along with the devotional reading, these are going to be day-by-day devotional uh, uh, episodes for folks taken from that reading. And so we're going to kick off today. This is actually the introductory um, episode for Faith for the Impossible, Growing Faith That is Stronger Than Your Struggle. Let's jump into the introduction. Welcome to Faith for the Impossible, Growing Faith That is Stronger Than Your Struggle. This is a 30-day devotional that my wife, Amanda, and I have written and produced for you. And so we'll jump into the introduction, Stuck and Struggling Faith. Ice is unforgiving. Snow doesn't like to play along when we're on a tight schedule or in a hurry. For a few winters, while I was in college, I worked as a snow lift operator at a ski resort. Resort is really too nice of a word. We're not talking about Vail, Aspen, or Jackson Hole. The locals affectionately called it Spring Bump because that's kind of what it was. Now, its name really was Spring Mount. Not much better, though. I picked up part-time work in between semesters working the mountain. I don't ski and I don't snowboard. I don't even go snow tubing much. I'm not really built for snow. I found that when I fall, especially on snow or ice, it's not very forgiving. But that's where I found myself one night after a long 12-hour shift. Early in the day when I arrived at the lodge, I parked in the back lot where the employees park. It was just before noon. The sun was high in the sky. Any snow on the ground had turned to a dirty mix of cinder and slush. Frosty would have been a figment of his former self. The shift was long. The skiers weren't experienced, which meant more help holding ski lift chairs and more hitting the kill switch when an unsuspecting, untrained skier found themselves folded under the chairlift in a tangled mess of ski poles and skis looking like a piece of modern art. By the time my shift was over, I was done. It was close to midnight. The skiers were long gone. The last staff member's brake lights disappeared in the distance. I walked across the now-frozen tundra. My breath turned to a, a white frosty smoke with each crunching step I took. That day, I borrowed my parents' silver 1997 Chevy Caprice Classic car was a boat, but it didn't have much heft to it, though. I got in the cold car and turned the engine over. The heater kicked on. I clicked in my seatbelt and put the gear shift into drive. I pressed the gas, and then I heard it. 
It was the sound I'd heard before when I was growing up, helping my dad shovel out the driveway after a night's worth of snowfall. It was the sound of Goodyear tires whining against ice. The tires spun with no traction. I put the car in park and got out to inspect the situation. There's an interesting dynamic that unfolds when you arrive in the daylight to a bustling epicenter of activity, noise, and lots and lots of people. There's a whole other dynamic when a single parking lot light is the only thing casting eerie shadows across an empty expanse. It's the kind of scenario that plays out in winter horror stories. A chill went down my spine as I looked at my rear tires. What once was slush now had a death grip, an icy clenched fist on my tires. I was stuck. No one around to help. Calling my parents was a no-go. What were they going to do? I had the car, and they had long since gone to bed for the night. The panic turned to deep paranoia. What am I going to do? I'm 40 minutes from home, and that's too far to walk in the night. It's past midnight. Who can I call for help at this point? This was way before the days of having a cell phone. Stuck in our faith. Jesus used everyday stories to bring to life eternal truths. As he was teaching the crowd one day, he told a story of a farmer who was seeding his fields. It was the season of planting, a picture the people in the crowd that day would be very familiar with. Here's the story Jesus tells. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon withered under the hot sun since they didn't have any deep roots that died. The other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Matthew 13, 3-9 The story was so profound, the disciples questioned Jesus about it. Jesus explains how the story is an allegory or a parable, which is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. In verse 18, Jesus continues, Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of the life of this life and the lore of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good ground represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Matthew 13 verses 18 to 23. Jesus explains it this way. The farmer is God. The seed is God's word. The bird, that's Satan. The hard soil is a person who doesn't receive God's word at all. The rocky soil is a person who receives the word, but then withers under pressure. The thorny or weedy soil is a person who receives the word, but worries or chases wealth and withers. The good soil is a person who receives the word of God, understands and produces fruit in their life as a result. For years, I thought the story was about people who followed Jesus and those who didn't. I thought it was only about people who believed in Jesus and those who didn't believe in Jesus. That made sense for a long time. Then one day I had a problem. I couldn't understand how people who followed Jesus were going to heaven, 
but could also make some very bad decisions. People who follow Jesus sometimes become hard-hearted. Some people who follow Jesus stop following altogether because life's pressures become so great. Others stop following Jesus because they're overwhelmed by worries or they're consumed with making money. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I thought, how could people make those decisions? If they have the capacity to make those decisions, what, what if I find myself doing the same thing? All kinds of people at all different levels of spirituality grow stubborn, shallow, or stressed. Pastors, longtime church members, and even new believers all find themselves stuck just like my car that night. I know that once a person is saved, they can't lose their salvation, according to John 10, 28-30. But what if heart soil represented a follower of Jesus who grew bitter and stubborn? Is that possible? Jesus said people who love God and follow God can have a hard heart, according to Matthew 19, verse 8. The writer of Hebrews also saw a hard heart as something to watch out for. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, they write in Hebrews 3.15. What about a person whose faith is shallow and withers under the weight of pressure and persecution? Jesus preached to a crowd not to succumb to pressure or persecution, but to be blessed and find favor of God. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, Blessed are you when men persecute you. Peter, in one of the most dramatic displays of denial, withers under the pressure of being associated with Jesus, yet Jesus restored him. For those who are stressed and worried, can they be followers of Jesus and still lose their way? Sure, yeah. The writer of Hebrews thought so. Look after each other so that none of you falls to, fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many, Hebrews 12, 15. So what can we do that we can be fruitful, productive, and effective in our faith. Consider Paul's words in Colossians 2.7, Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Our faith is synonymous with our trust in God. The writer of Hebrews again gives great insight into the role faith plays in our relationship to God. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Hebrews 11, 1 and 6. To please God, we must have faith. To seek God, we must have faith. To live out the kind of life God wants to reward, we must have faith. Faith is the thread woven throughout all of the Bible. Faith connects the Old Testament to the New Testament. Faith of Abraham is completed and finalized in the faith of you and me, according to Hebrews 11. To overcome the times when we don't want to change and fight a stubborn and hard heart requires faith. To cultivate strength to face our struggles when we feel the pull of a shallow maturity requires the roots of our faith to run deep. To find the reset of rest for the worried and weary soul that is stressed requires a measure of faith only found in a depth of strength in God. In the next 30 days, we're going to discover how to overcome the three obstacles to growing our faith. The obstacle of when we're afraid of change, the obstacle of when we need the strength to face our struggles, the obstacle when we're overwhelmed by worry. Then we'll discover the power of faith lived out in a fruitful and effective life by receiving God's word to cultivate faith for our future how to sustain our faith by abiding in Jesus, and how to grow our roots deep. Our prayer is that you'll discover the tendency we all have as followers of Jesus to be like the disciples stuck in a storm 
where they say, Lord, save us. We all need to hear the challenge and call from Jesus. Why are you afraid? Why have you so little faith? Matthew 8, 25 and 26. But let's be honest. Our faith is little because we tend to be stubborn, shallow, and stressed. It's time to have faith for the impossible. It's time for us to stop walking in fear and start walking by faith. Hear Jesus' words loud and clear. Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Matthew 19, 26 says that. Let's have faith for the impossible. We've broken down faith for the impossible, this devotional, into six simple parts. Part one is faith to change, when you're afraid of change. Part two is faith to follow through. It's the faith to face your greatest struggles. Part three is the faith to overcome worry, what to do when you're overwhelmed by worry. Part four is faith for your future. It's trusting Jesus in one season for the next season. Part five is faith to follow Jesus. It's faith to abide in Jesus, the root of your fruit. And part six is faith to withstand storms, growing deep and wide in your faith. Over the next 30 days, we'll do a deep dive to better understand how to develop our faith in the face of impossible struggles. My encouragement for you is this. As you come to each section and each episode of the study, our prayer is that God will help you connect the dots, open your eyes, and grow your faith. The season of planting faith leads to a season of reaping faith. What you plant in one season, you will reap in the next. We're cheering for you and praying God's blessings upon your life and journey with Him. Thanks for listening into this introductory episode for Faith for the Impossible. In the next episode, we'll jump into day one of the devotional, and I'd encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the devotionals over this next uh, 30-day period, and we'll have episodes drop uh, Monday through Friday to be available for you. As well, go ahead and share these episodes with people in your life, your friends, family members, coworkers who need some encouragement. And we'll look forward to being able to encourage you to grow the faith you need to face your greatest struggles. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time in the episode with day one of Faith for the Impossible. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Unmasked Life Podcast. Join us next time for more great content that will help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential.